Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan here with Big Cass. Big Cass, man. First things first. Uh, shout out for you know the Reds tickets yesterday. What a great game we saw. Um, Tyler Stevenson with the one of the most impressive things I've seen. Just just getting up there hasn't hasn't hit a pitch all day. Like hasn't seen a, a pitch all day. Gets up there first pitch. It's a two pitch. Hits a pinch hit two run shot for the lead, uh, which ultimately was the game winner. Um, awesome hey, game hey, though. Who called that? You did. <laughs> I said, all we need, all we need is a Tyler Stevenson home run, and guess what? That's what happened uh, when they were changing pitchers. First of all, it is Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July! Happy birthday, America, to all you Americans out there. God bless America, and God and, bless Randy Quaid. <laughs> Randy Quaid for, for taking down, God taking bl- down the mothership. But you know who's a real patriot right now? Larry Johnson is a true American. <laughs> Larry Johnson comes out, surprises everybody, and gets the number one defensive tackle in the country, 6'5", 300-pound defensive tackle out of Chicago. And he was crystal ball to Michigan. We stole him right out of Michigan's hands. Thank you, Larry Johnson, for being a godsend to the Buckeye football program. I mean, this kid, Justin Scott, absolute monster. Um, if you if you haven't, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, uh, for those listening, turn on his highlights. Um, they're incredible. Um, it's it, what what really caught me is just how technically sound and how fast a guy like yeah. his, his size is. Obviously, you know, there's some things to work on. He's going to get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, he's going to learn more about the game with Coach Johnson coaching him. But, I mean, you try to down block him, he'll shoot right through the gap. Uh, he can bowl. He can bowl rush. He, he's, he's really quick on his feet. He He's definitely going to be probably um, an inside technique type of guy. I mean, I, I would assume. Uh, but oh, he's also yeah, – sure. they have him in high school, though, lining up on the edge at times, which um, is really impressive for a guy his size. Kind of reminds me, I mean, like a Quinnen Williams type of player. Yeah, he he reminds me of Quentin Williams, and he kind of reminds me of if if he's not being lazy, Jordan Davis, the guy who just uh, got drafted by the Eagles this year. Um, um, obviously, the guy is a freak of nature when he's on. I mean, but I think the motor for Scott has he is a higher, in my opinion, a higher motor than Davis. I think Davis just knew how good he was and knew how dominant he could be. He just took a lot of plays off, but watching Scott's highlights, I don't see a lot of plays plays being taken off. No, I I don't either. Um, it's going to be interesting what you know what that we do with him. Um, it's I mean it's going to be he's going to be really scary. I think once you get him in the weight room too, um, and everything, just because yeah. he's he's so big and strong, but he's only he's you know he's still you know he's not even a senior in high. He's, I think he's just a senior in high school or about to be. Um, it's, I, I mean, I, I, the, with the Jordan Davis comp, I, he's not the size of Jordan Davis because Jordan Davis is like almost three forty. Uh, he's not there yet, but he could definitely beef up to that but size. He, but he, I think it, I, I'm what I was meaning is his play. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's gonna. 
it's going to be interesting because the, the coaching staff is going to have a decision to make with him, how they want to use him, you know, because he's the type of guy you could really beef him up. If you want to play a three, four, he could be your nose tackle. Um, or does he slim down? They Maybe they move him outside to end. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just know he's a freak of nature. We still don't, we finally have outside of on the field. Michigan fans are in shambles right now. They're trying to find every excuse in the book right now. But they are in shambles right now on Twitter because they lost a big one, and Larry Johnson took him out of his hands. But he may not be the only five-star defensive player we're going to get. Um, I know we're not going to get Lightfoot because Lightfoot just committed to uh, Miami. But Dylan Stewart and Houston are right there, and they are crystal balled for Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, currently right now Ohio State sits at four, five stars. Jeremiah Smith, Justin Scott, Mylon Graham, Aaron Nolan. Um we just I mean, got a five star. Yeah, it's if like losing Lightfoot's not really an issue here because you got. I feel like the trade off is you get a better player in Scott. So it's like okay, that's fine. I can live with that. Yeah, I mean, and then of course KJ Bilden's going to make his announcement on August fifth. I know there's a lot of rumblings that he might come come to Ohio State, but I still think he's a Georgia Bulldog. Of course, you got Aaron Scott. Another four-star that probably could be a five-star um, out of Springfield, defensive back. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, Bryce West and Scott, I do believe, will be a five-star at the end of the day, just like Aaron Nolan. Um, I but, would rather – I mean, I, this is this might sound crazy. I would just rather retain the Ohio kids. Um, just – I would like uh, – like if we got Bolden but lost Scott – I don't know. I feel like I would just rather get Scott because like, you, know, you want that perimeter I, built around the state. Lose him, we don't want to lose him to Michigan. No. Um, I mean, if we get the kid from California, the linebacker, I think this class could set up to be the best class in the country. Uh, still a lot of work to do. I'm excited for this class uh, and what it can be. It's still got some time. It does. I like – I mean, what I really like about this class, it's, you're kind of hitting on everything so far. Um, you, you know, you're really focused. They got the trenches, um, covered between, I think the Armstrong brothers, that's going to be a really good duo. Um, you, you got receivers covered between Smith and Graham. You got your quarterback and Nolan, you got your stud and Justin Scott on the defensive side. I would just like to see, you know, a little more players to round out the class, but, um, even you got your tight end to Marianne Witten. It's, you, you need a couple more. Yeah. I, I would like probably two more big time recruits and then just kind of fill in the rest. But right. It's looking real good. It, you could work with this class. And can we get a third linebacker to compliment Garrett Stover and Peyton Pierce? That's going to be yeah. huge. Um, I think Garrett Stover and Peyton Pierce are elite player that can be elite players. Uh, it's going to be fun. Still a lot of time and everything in it. It's fun to watch right now. I will tell you, um, it is that time of the year, Dan, I, I don't go into Barnes and Nobles very often. Uh, this weekend, I don't read books very often. Uh, but this weekend, you know, my wife's friend's birthday came down, and she likes Barnes and Nobles. She reads a lot. But, you know, we all went in there, and I was browsing. And you know what I saw? Phil Steele's at magazine with all 150 uh, college football teams in it. You know, they got – Every single team. And I haven't gone through all of it yet, but I started going through some of the um, some of the uh, pages and some interesting things where they were he was ranking his players uh, by position and 
obviously, we'll start with wide receivers. Emeka Buka, Marvin Harrison, one and two. But interesting enough, Julian Fleming is the next wide receiver on that list at 40. Uh, there's a lot of guys in there. I still think that's pretty good. You get three, your top three receivers in the top 50. That's with all them college football teams. I'm not complaining. Did, did you happen to catch where he had the other receivers? Where were the – There was only, He only put his top 50. Okay. Did, did any other teams have any dynamic duos? I'm curious. I, I did not, Steve. I was just looking at Ohio State guys because I just quickly glanced at it. Okay. Uh, if I would have to say, I would, I'm sure there was a few. I, I'd have to really go in depth with it. Um, Buy the magazine, put, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the quarterbacks was interesting. Um, he had Kyle McCord at 16, which, I mean, I think is right on par because you don't know. It's the unknown. You don't want to rank him in the top 10 and then him not be a top 10 quarterback. So, um, I mean, there was guy – Caleb Williams was number one. Uh, and then Drake May, Drake May was two. Uh, I, think that's, Bo- I think that's a little overhyped. I, I feel like he's going to disappoint. Uh, Bo Nix was two, uh, three. That's going to disappoint too. <laughs> um, and then I, I think J.J. McCarthy was four – it's fair. And I believe that um, Sam Hartman was five or six, one of the two. Okay. Uh, but Drew, uh, but Kyle McCord was ranked higher than Drew Aller, which is interesting. interesting. I think. I think. I'll have to double check it. But it is interesting. I have to go. Maybe next week's episode can be more in-depth in the Phil Steele magazine. Um, but also, too, he ranked his uh, running back rooms. I did see that. That was towards the beginning of the thing. He was ranking each school's running back's room. And he had Ohio State's number two. And he explained why. It's not that they have the best two starters because, you know, he thinks that Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, obviously the best in the country. Penn State had uh, Singletary, and I can't think of the other kid's name off the top of my head, his number um you know, it's probably number three. Penn State's was number three. But he said the depth of Ohio State's room is what put them at two because you have four guys that can capable, maybe five guys that can capable run for a thousand yards if they were the number one starter. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, let's go. I mean, obviously, Mayan, Travion, uh, Hayden, and I, Chip, Chip Trainum could obviously probably do that. And then yeah. uh, uh, Evan Pryor, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know if That's, he could he, I handle it. I believe he would have been the fifth one. Um, it's interesting. So, I mean, last year, uh, was looking at it last year, um, Ohio State was the only team in the country that had uh, four guys rush over 100 yards twice, 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 twice in a year. So that's interesting. I, that is interesting to think. So, but what was interesting was I was looking at fullback. Oh, by the way, Kate Stover was number four tied in in the in the country, which I like it. Fair, uh, fair enough. Joe Royer was in the top fifty. That was what's interesting because we haven't seen him much, and obviously Brock Bowers was number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but number five fullback in the country, who would you think that would be? And he's a Buckeye. I mean, I know the answer, but I want to play dumb here. Yeah. G. Scott Jr., number five fullback in the country, lead blocker. And I thought that was interesting 
because we don't know. We don't know. Like, we don't know, like, if he is going to be the fullback, will he? I initially think he will play that Mitch Rossi role. Um, that's just my opinion. But it was interesting to see him at number five. Which, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. If if G. Scott Jr. has learned how to lead block, look out. But two, also, um, who's going to match up with him at, t- at the backfield if he runs a route? You know, yeah. like imagine him running like a wheel route or something that, uh, or like a, like a, a slant and go or, or like a, the, the, yeah, like, what is it? The, not the slant and go. It's like the opposite of the slant and go. It's like the outside slant. And then you go, um, like you could, like you, you could do a lot of crazy things with him. Yeah, you could. And it's going to be interesting to see what G Scott does. Is he a lead blocker? And since we're the summer about lists, we're not doing a top 10 because I don't think there's a top 10 lead blocker list in Buckeye football history, but we're going to do a top five, Dan. Yeah. And we, have, we have some pretty interesting ones. We might have a couple guys that are on here that are pre-2017-ish, maybe pre-2010, but um, – A lot of them are. <laughs> a lot of them are, dude. Yeah. yeah. Honorable mention, though, I have Brandon Joe and Mitch Rossi. Brandon Joe um, was – he played on the 2002 team, but he wasn't the starting fullback. But he was a solid, um, solid fullback, and he had to play some tailback in 2004, his senior year against Michigan, and he scored a couple of touchdowns. And then Mitch Rossi, uh, we just didn't see him enough of Mitch Rossi to solidify as a top five fullback slash lead blocker in the country. But uh, you gotta, uh, he, what he did the last couple of years was pretty solid. Well, also too, like like Mitch Rossi, I will say, he just how how the game has changed from you know some of these guys on this list to now and like the offense he's in. There's really not much of an opportunity to be a lead blocker. I know Mitch Rossi, you know, shined when he got a chance, but sample size was very small, and it, at times for him, it was almost like like a, it, it almost felt like a gimmick, like gadget type of deal because we were so you know passing base that it was like it's like a gimmick now in Ryan Day's office to go back to like in high formation with a fullback as crazy as that sounds right and um and and, you know a lot of these guys that we had you know a guy on this list is not a fullback but listed as a tight end but he he was a guy that was very key so let's let's just dive right into this and then real quick, I want to say, too, I did have, like, I, I didn't know how we were defining lead blocker. We defined him, like, pre-show, basically fullback tight end, like a skill guy. Because if it was, like, a lead lead blocker, then it's going to be, like, Orlando Pace out in front, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I had a La- Orlando Pace and, like, Billy Price and guys like that on the list, and we kind of, like, refined it, like, no, 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 it has to be a skill guy. So I just want to make that clear, too. Well, I'm throwing another name out here, a good buddy of ours who listened to the show, good, played on a 94-95 team, came up with the name Jamar Martin, uh, was a solid fullback. He's another honorable mention. But I'm diving in number tw- at number five, Matt Keller, a very undersized fullback. Matt Keller, uh, lead block for Pepe Pearson, uh, Joe Montgomery, um, um, Michael Wiley, and, you know, some – Derek Combs, he, he was a solid, and he caught the ball a little bit out of the backfield. Very solid fullback, uh, just undersized but tough as nails. Um, I liked Matt Keller and ninety from ninety five to ninety eight. 
I like it, bud. I got, uh, you know, key member of the 2002 team. Um, when, when you really think of this guy, um, he, he was like, he had a pretty good NFL career too. Uh, and he, you know, he, he caught some passes at times, but the, I mean, but when you think of Ben Hartsock, uh, he's a blocking tight end. He was a road grader, you know, obviously, um, caught some big passes for Ohio state and, and the Atlanta Falcons, but his skill set was mainly blocking, um, and a key part of that national championship team. So I have him at five. Yeah, I have at four, um, pretty solid, um, fullback, um, played a few years, played was Maurice Claret's fullback, Brandon Schnicker also played with Brandon Joe. Um, it was like kind of a one, two punch at fullback, but Brandon Schnicker was the, I'm going to line up behind Craig Krenzel on the goal line and, and make sure Maurice Claret and Maurice Hall and Lydell Ross get across the end zone type of guy. Good, good, good pick. I got a number four. Um, and this is this is from our buddy Jamie Sumner, who who really you know led us onto this guy, Nikki Salua, fullback, nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety five, uh, just a quintessential fullback. Um, he was a two way football player, wrestler, weightlifting champion, and high school cast. Um, and then he committed to Ohio State and actually didn't win the fullback role, but he kept grinding. And then basically, you know, he was the lead blocker for Eddie George. Um, and Eddie George rushed, rushed for over 1,900 yards, 24 touchdowns. Um, Salua didn't, like, he wasn't a great, like, skill guy in the fact that he put up good, like, crazy numbers. Um, he, I mean, he, he caught, I think, two touchdowns in his – he only had two touchdowns in his Ohio State career. But he was just, like, when you think a quintessential gritty fullback in the 90s, it's that man right there. Yeah. I have Jeff Hireman at three because no one can argue the last three games of the season, the playoffs, the Big Ten championship. How many holes did Jeff Hireman lead block for uh, for uh, Zeke Elliott? And an honorable mention for this, just because a couple of plays, <laughs> Evan Spencer. I knew, uh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, but Jeff Hireman, he's my number three because if he would have done it his whole career, watch out. Real quick. Top, give me your top blocking Ohio State wide receiver in history. Is it Evan Spencer or is it Terry McLaurin? Uh, if I had to do top five, I'm going. Just give me your top two. Oh, uh, oh, it's it's. I'll give you three, and that's just because I think he's <laughs> going to have a big year this year. I'm going Julian Fleming, Terry McLaurin, and Evan Spencer. Okay, I, I think that's a fair list. Um, um, I, I Chris agree, but I, could block. Michael Thomas could block. I mean, say what you want about Zach Smith over Brian Hartline. That's one thing Zach Smith had over Brian Hartline. His wide receivers were tough as shit and will block. I mean, that would be an interesting list to do maybe another time. Top blocking wide receivers. I don't I, – we'd really have to go into uh, – really deep into that. But uh, at number three, Cass, I also have Jeff Hireman, obviously 85 yards to the heart of South, the block there. But, I mean, he, he was always just a consistent blocker for Ohio State. Um, he was basically the Ben Hartsock, I feel like, of the 2014 team. Um, they're very similar, honestly. It's just that uh, – 
the difference why we have him up at three as opposed to de- lower, he he was the, like he made the big block on that play on one of the most iconic plays in Ohio State history. So that's why he's forever going to be you know one of the top five lead yeah. blockers. Evan Spencer, it was Jeff Hyman open it, and then Evan Spencer, the block he put on C.J. Mosley is just that that sprung Zeke free. You'll never forget. Uh, I have a number two, Nikki Sua, Nikki Sualua. Um, obviously, rightfully so, like what Dan said, and being that tough grinder and helping Jamie Sumner and company. You see where I went with that uh, yeah. offensive line spread open Eddie George Heisman campaign. I got at number two for me. I got I, and his name's hard to pronounce, but I got Vaughn Brod, Brod, Brodnox or Brodnox. I, I, I'm not sure if it's a little Cajun at the end. I, I have no idea. But Vaughn Brodnox uh, played from 1980 to 1983, man. And he, you know, he he was also basically a quintessential fullback in the 80s. He blocked for Tim Spencer and Keith Byers, two very good running backs. Um, Keith Byers was basically would have won the Heisman if it wasn't for Doug Flutie. Yeah. Um, and he was he was he was a little better runner than Nicky Slua. Um, they actually use this guy near the goal line, so that's why I have him a little higher. Uh, he finished his career with actually 14 career rushing touchdowns, so that's why I gave him kind of the tiebreaker over Nikki. Um, even though I guess it's lead blocking, but I mean, I don't know. That that's my logic. At uh, number one, consensus, Pete Johnson, mm-hmm. the only lead blocker to lead um, to have a two-time Heisman Trophy winner. And by the way, stole all of Archie's touchdowns for his second Heisman campaign. If you look at Pete Johnson's touchdowns in, in 1975, it was insane. And you look at Archie's, and he had four. So how how Archie won the second Heisman is, I mean, fantastic. But you, Pete Johnson, the dude was a was a monster. Absolutely. I mean, and that's two. I mean, that's three yards in a cloud of dust era. So uh, that I mean, <laughs> y- your fullback had to basically be the focal point of your your offense. I mean, they were probably one of the most important p- positions back then. Um, he, he, Cass, he also finished with <laughs> with an Ohio State record. Um, am I reading this right? Fifty eight touchdowns. Yep, that is correct. He holds the record, Pete Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, at fullback. That's insane. Yeah. Like, wow. Um, I mean that 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 uh, that has to put him at number. I mean, not, he's not a lead blocker. He's the lead blocker for himself. He just gets it. In. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the ultimate type of lead blocker. You just get it done yourself. That's crazy. That's a crazy trivia question too. Um, who the, whoever, who has the most Ohio State touchdowns? And it's Pete Johnson. I I don't think anyone like. Any, I, I would not have gotten that until I just found that out right now. <laughs> These are rushing touchdowns because total touchdowns, JT Barrett has that. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're counting passing touchdowns because that's like – Yeah. That's different. The Passing touchdowns is different than like a – like rushing and receiving touchdowns are the same in yeah. my book. Like a passing touchdown is like – it's like an assist. Yeah. Yeah. That's our list. We like doing these lists and everything. Uh, by the way, yesterday, happy birthday, July 3rd, Paris Johnson Jr., first-round pick, Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, 
interesting right there. Paris Johnson, happy birthday. Go do great things in Arizona. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's, I think that's all I really got, Cass. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Quick episode next week. Maybe I'll dive more into that Phil Steele magazine. Um, and then everybody enjoy the 4th of July before we go back to work on Wednesday. Absolutely. Stay safe. Uh, no, you know, be careful with the fireworks. We don't, we, we want all limbs intact. Don't drink and drive. Um, call an Uber. Um, and that's, what, that's really it. Just be safe. You know, what was, what was the signs on 71? Don't be star spangled. Don't, spangled don't hammered. drive star, star spangled hammered. Yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out the guy who makes those signs, uh, on, Ohio, on the Ohio roadways. Like you, you do that. I, I want to know who, who he or she is because they always have some great signs and it's, it's always too, always throughout Ohio. Like it's, it's definitely somewhere, so, someone somewhere in a room, probably somewhere in Columbus, if I had to guess. And they like, they probably walk in every Monday morning and they pitch these ideas in a boardroom and they're like, we're going to, we're going to put this sign up today. And it's their job. And then, you know, they do a great job. Absolutely. But yeah, that's all I got. So as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. Like we said, short episode, um, due to the holiday, but. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.